Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 274 on Now You Know. We are brought to you as always by our amazing Patreon patrons. Help support us bring you independent news every week by heading over to patreon.com slash now you know. Now you can find some really great perks. Uh, now what are you doing? We're, we're about to start the show. Uh, I just got to finish up a few more actuarial tables and then I'll be ready to go. Actuarial tables? Why? Well, I'm starting an insurance company to compete with Elon's Tesla insurance. You know what they say. The early bird catches the worm. And you know what I'm going to say, right? You have no idea how insurance works. You should take some courses on Brilliant, today's sponsor. I mean, I thought about learning about insurance, but all the books look so boring. Well, Brilliant teaches over 60 different courses in really easy to understand ways. Over 10 million people have learned from Brilliant. Oh, wow. There's a course here on probability, statistics, and finance. That is exactly what I need. Yeah, and with Brilliant's interactive problems and hints, you're actually learning at your pace in a way that sticks in your brain. Yeah, I love Brilliant storytelling. It really works for me. And I mean, I'm not a great driver, but I think that 15 bucks a year for insurance premium is a little too low. Oh, yeah, I must have missed a zero somewhere. To support our channel and learn more about Brilliant, go to brilliant.org slash now you know and sign up for free. And also the first 200 people that go to that link will get 20% off the annual premium subscription. And we're brought to you by BigBattery.com. No matter what you need to power, Big Battery can provide you with the latest battery tech at the best price per kilowatt hour guaranteed. Their batteries are easily installed, require zero maintenance, and they're made right here in the U.S. Pick up yours today at BigBattery.com and use the code now you know for 5% off at checkout. So Tesla released the latest version of their Tesla app 4.3.1. Of course, we didn't get it because we're on Android and that only goes out to iOS, but some internet sleuths, including Tesla app iOS, found some interesting bits in the app's code. Sharing your vehicle with others, asset for vehicle sharing, and endpoints related to vehicle sharing. 
Okay, so vehicle sharing. This looks like the beginning of the Tesla network that Elon has talked about. And so, of course, what we're talking about is an Uber-like network where you could put your Tesla on the Tesla network and it could use full self-driving to go pick up paying customers when you're not using your car. Now, does this mean that Elon is getting more confident in full self-driving if it's now ready in the app code? I don't know. You should comment below what you think. It sounds pretty good, but I'm not a coder, so I don't know what it means. All right. So remember the old days when if uh, Tesla owners wanted to upgrade something on their cars, they had to go to their account on the Tesla website. Man, those are the old days. And then Tesla made it so that you could upgrade on a phone app. Now with over-the-air software update 2021.40.6, Tesla has made it even easier to upgrade to, say, premium connectivity by adding upgrades to the menu of the in-car features on the touchscreen. Well, actually, at the moment, premium connectivity is all you can upgrade, but I'm pretty sure that will change as time goes on. Really smart, and it really makes sense to me. I'm kind of surprised that they didn't do this sooner, because when you're in the car, that's kind of when you're thinking of upgrading something. And what do you think the next upgrades will be? Well, just like the story we just reported on about vehicle sharing, I think that might be one of the next upgrades. Tesla network upgrade? Yeah, why not? I mean, that could be a ways off. Yeah, I mean, maybe sooner than that would be games, uh, full self-driving subscriptions. That could be next. But I mean, we haven't seen any games that you could like buy to play on your car yet. I know that I want that. I mean, right now, I think what Cyberpunk uh, comes with a plaid. But I mean, like if you can't play other games, then like, what's the point? Right. So maybe they're going to yeah. have their own platform and this would be a place where you could be like, oh, I want to play, you know, some other game. Yeah. Tesla's been really silent on the game platform. We kind of conjectured about it a while back. And I just feel like they should open that up. It's a revenue stream. And I think it'd be fun for owners. Well, you won't get any upgrades, but if you would hit the like button, it would help out the show. In an SEC filing last week, Tesla confirmed Elon's recent announcement that Tesla is officially moving its headquarters from Palo Alto, California to Austin, Texas, and revealed the new address of Tesla's headquarters. Yeah, so on December 1st, Tesla relocated its corporate headquarters to the Gigafactory, Texas, which is 13101 Harold Green Road, Austin, Texas, 78725. So that is where you should now address your Dear Elon letters. Dear Elon, I've been a good boy all year, and I would like a Cybertruck with solar panel tonneau cover and a Cyberquad in the back. Sincerely, Zach. With Tesla's latest full self-driving beta 10.6, it's now time for more translations because there were some notes in there of what it's up to and I can't make much sense of it. Okay. So will you help me out here? Sure. All right. The first one is improved object detection network architecture for non-VRUs, 7% higher recall, 16% lower depth error, and 21% lower velocity error for crossing vehicles. So it's going to see and it's going to remember... Uh, vehicles better. So cars, trucks, and buses. New visibility network with 18.5% less mean relative error. Uh, it sees stuff better and it's going to make less mistakes, hopefully. New general static object network with 17% precision improvements in high curvature and nighttime cases. Um, so it should see buildings and stuff better uh, during turns and at night. Improved stopping position at unprotected left turns while yielding to oncoming objects using object predictions beyond the crossing point. It's going to hopefully position itself at intersections for left turns better. Allow more room for longitudinal alignment during merges by incorporating modeling of merge region end. It'll merge better. <laughs> and improve comfort when offsetting for objects that are cutting out of your lane. It will anticipate cars leaving your lane better for a nicer ride. Why can't they just say that? Well, I mean, the people working on this are hella smart 
And so I think that this is this as simple. Like, why wouldn't they understand a 17 percent precision improvements in high curvature in nighttime cases? By the way, we got full self-driving 10.5. Um, we went out and tested it. And I think that should be our in-depth next week. All right. So we reported on Tesla running into some problems a few years ago when they pushed over the air updates to some older model 85 kilowatt hour pack Teslas, which throttled supercharging rates and lowered the battery pack capacity. Yeah, some U.S. owners got quite upset that their cars had less range and you couldn't charge them as fast. And they filed lawsuits and Tesla ended up settling, paying owners of those cars $625 each in compensation. Well, in Norway, a similar thing happened and Norwegian Tesla owners also sued Tesla. So what happened with that? Well, the Norwegian owners won the court case because Tesla claimed they didn't know about it. And so they lost kind of by default. The court ruled that Tesla owed each owner 136,000 kroner or about $14,800 each. OK, so but slow, slow down. How did Tesla not know about a court case where they were the defendant? I'm not sure. I mean, because you'd think everyone would know their address and the letter would get to whoever it needed to get to. But this is basically the same as small claims court here in the U.S. where it's not the same as like being on murder trial or something where you just be like, well, Jesse didn't show up, so he's guilty. <laughs> Usually, if you don't show up to a small claims court, you don't stand a great chance of winning the case. OK, I mean, I'm still a little surprised that Tesla didn't know that they were part of a lawsuit. Was this a big lawsuit? Well, I mean, Tesla told the court they weren't aware either. And so the court held a retrial. Okay, so what happened? Well, according to Norwegian news site Dagens Naringsliv, Tesla admitted to the changes, saying Tesla admitted marginally increased charging time and changes in the use of superchargers, but stated that customers were not entitled to any given charging pattern. The update was carried out to increase the life of the cars, according to the company. And the court ruled against Tesla again, demanding 130,000 kroner or $14,150 for each owner in compensation. Over $14,000 per car? Yeah. I mean, Tesla says they'll be appealing it to a higher district court. Okay. But uh, isn't small claims court just for small claims? I mean, this is actually a big claim if you multiply it by dozens or hundreds of car owners. Yeah. And that's possibly why Tesla was able to appeal the ruling. Because, yeah, let's say there's 100 owners. That would equal $1.4 million. Mm. But this goes back to what we've been saying for years, which is that I think Tesla has really poor communication. I think that if Tesla had, first of all, just said to, to people in Norway, hey, we're going to do this thing. It's an experiment or, you know, it's to help you guys out. What do you think? There's a, a forum. You can talk to us. Like, I feel like that would have gone a long way to making this problem better because just the communication would make you as an owner feel more involved. But secondly, a VP of special operations could have reached out to people who are really disgruntled and said, I know that sucks. Let me help you. Like, Let's, you know, on the next car that you're going to get at Tesla, maybe we can uh, massage the price or something. Mm. And I mean, it was done for the benefit of those owners. Right. It's kind of weird that, you you know, you're making the car worse, but it's to protect the life of that car to right. make sure that the car will last longer. So that way, when you go to sell it, it's that there's still a value in that car. Yeah. And this happened to me with Sparky. One day I went to a supercharger and I'm like, why can I only charge it 90 kilowatts now as opposed to, you know, 120? Mm -hmm. And I had to dig and call and try and find out the answer. I couldn't even get the answer from Tesla. I had to just kind of find it from people in forums. And I felt upset about that. Whereas if Tesla told me, I would have felt a little bit more in the know. Car companies in general are not very good at telling people things unless they're forced to, unless it's a recall yep. and they're forced to do something like that. So I think that that is where the bad precedent has been set. Mm -hmm. So I think that this is kind of where Tesla could come out ahead. And, yep. and look squeaky, shiny clean to just say like, yeah, we took care of those owners. Those owners, by the way, bought cars back when they were, you know, the price of plaids today. Um, of course, 
they didn't have the ranges, the speed, the the acceleration of, of plaids. They didn't have, uh, you know, gaming computers in them. And those people really believe in the mission. Right. They so helped launch the company. I just feel like people like that we are going to buy more Teslas if you treat them right. Exactly. Like it, there's no question in my mind that if you treat them properly, they're going to stay loyal Tesla customers for the rest of their lives and convince everyone they know to buy a Tesla if they can't. But instead, in the media, you get lawsuits against Tesla. That How does that help their image? Right. And you don't want to be forcing people to go to court because as soon as people have to go to court, that's the last thing they want to do. Yep. And they're going to be mad at you. So Herbert Deese, the CEO of VW, has just had a pretty crappy meeting with the supervisory board of Volkswagen. German newspaper Handelsblatt reports, after intensive discussions, the leading supervisory board members from the Porsche and Peach families, the state of Lower Saxony and the employee representatives were unable to agree on a compromise on the future of the 63-year-old. Now, the board is unhappy with Dies' apparent lack of strategy of how he wants to develop the group. What? Lack of strategy? <laughs> that's what they said. Okay, that's, first of all, that's bullshit. Deese has consistently been the only guy at VW to say it like it is mm -hmm. and has any plan whatsoever to electrify VW's like offerings and do anything. He has been dragging the company kicking on, and screaming, kicking and screaming into electrification. And he's been running into this issue, which is that the people under him don't want to follow him. Nope. They don't want to go to electrification because them and their grandfathers are burning fuel burning engines. Mm -hmm. The people above him, which is what we're talking about here. They don't want to support him either. Right. I honestly think this is the end of VW. If they seriously oust Deese, they're dead in the water. And let's be clear. This decision is coming directly from the Porsche family. They own a massive stake in VW. They have a majority voting share. And they have seen it through all the way from the 1940s through Dieselgate and today. Yeah. And they're going to waste the strides that Deese has made because they can't see the future. And this is why Dynasty always fails. Because... You might have had a guy who is a great designer and a Nazi, um, but that doesn't mean that his kids and his grandchildren are going to be able to run the company as successfully. Yeah. And without slave labor. Good points. <laughs> I mean, this is why monarchies fall, too. It's like uh, it's not a way to run a company or a country. So this story comes to us from Alex Voigt and his article in Teslarati about a problem with the charging system on the Porsche Taycan. Now, according to Voigt, who has gotten information from a whistleblower Porsche employee who works in Zuffenhausen, he says that six out of 10 Porsche Taycans delivered have a problem with battery management that affects and damages battery cells, requiring their replacement and is causing battery fires. Porsche is reportedly hiding the problem from customers and authorities because it would cost hundreds of millions of euros and damage the company's reputation. According to the Porsche employee, the problem lies with the 800-volt architecture and what the employee describes as a poorly designed onboard AC battery charger. So during regular at-home charging speeds up to 7.5 kilowatts, this charger, because of the high voltage, 800 volts, compared to, for example, Tesla's 400 volts, can overcharge some of the cells, and if air leaks into the pack, they can catch on fire. But even if the damaged cells don't catch on fire, they can basically overcharge and then fuse out, meaning that there's less battery power and range for the Taycan. As Porsche owners have begun reporting more of these battery issues, what Porsche appears to be doing, according to the whistleblower, is unlocking unused reserved battery capacity, effectively tricking customers into thinking that the problem has been fixed. The whistleblower said that when the Porsche customers come in and complain about the problem, Porsche charges them 600 euros, even though the labor to do this 
repair only costs 26 euros. So in effect, Porsche is profiting from this potentially dangerous problem. And the remaining 40% of Porsche Taycan owners may also have this problem, but they may not have realized it yet, or it just hasn't happened to them yet. According to Voigt sources, Porsche could have installed or replaced the onboard charger with a better designed one, which costs just 70 euros more from the same supplier but Porsche decided not to. And it's interesting that the Audi e-tron GT, which is built on the same VW platform as the Taycan, but that car has a better onboard charger, and this problem has not appeared. So yeah, uh, it seems like Porsche went with the cheaper charger. And the reason, according to Voigt, is that this car has cost Porsche more than they want to spend on it. It's not a moneymaker. And so anywhere that they could cut back, they did. And when you're charging 800 volts, Little problems with batteries can become big problems. And also interesting here that Porsche basically has a lot of fine print to do with the warranty. Uh, basically, if you don't keep this car, for instance, charged between 20 and 50% state of charge all the time, you will only get a three-year, 60,000-kilometer warranty on the battery. So my thought here is that Porsche is hoping these cars will go out of warranty quickly, and then they can be like, well... You got a problem. It's out of warranty. We're happy to fix it for full price. Wait, what do you mean keep the battery between 20 and 50% state of charge? For instance, you can't leave the car uncharged for more than two weeks. You have to show that you've kept it between 20 and 50% state of charge. There's all these rules and these are all fine print in the warranty that if you don't do these things, Porsche lowers your warranty down to the minimum. So, I mean, I've had to read through my like Nissan Leaf battery warranty because I've had to use it. Still in the shop, by the way, two months. Fun stuff. But all under warranty the there is some fine print that says like if you leave your car in the freezing cold for two weeks that voids your warranty that makes sense because it will freeze the battery pack and kill mm -hmm. it but that was pretty much it that was the most stringent requirement for nissan mm -hmm. the stuff that we're talking about here from porsche is kind of wild yeah especially when they're spending over a hundred thousand dollars on a well, car and especially because if you bring in the car they could change out your charger for you know 70 euros more and basically effectively solve that problem right. but they won't do it and they already charged you way more than that for it uh, it's just it's ridiculous so i mean you're losing cells in your pack which yep. means that you're losing power that you can put to your wheels yep. it also means that you're losing energy which means that you're losing range yep. and it means that you're putting more strain on the rest of the pack and instead of fixing it they're just making it so you can charge even higher. So isn't this just a spiraling problem? Isn't yeah. it gonna get worse and worse? <coughs> Chevy Bolt. But I mean, even with the Bolt, that's not even the same problem. Yeah, like, but they pushed it off. They knew about the problem. Sure. They started popping up and they're like, can we just um, wait and see if it gets worse? Man, yeah, that sucks. Yep. So last Tuesday, Elon tweeted that you could pick up this cyber whistle from Tesla's website. I'm sorry, a whistle? Yeah, it looks like a cyber truck. Who would want... Well, it's already sold out. Wait, so Elon's referring here to a silly apple cloth? What, what's, a, what's an apple cloth? Apple unveiled the new $19 polishing cloth at their October Unleashed event, and it sold out for the uh, next 12 weeks. It's a microfiber cloth, right? No, it's an apple polishing cloth. Um, Elon, of course, making fun of it here, um, giving you a whistle. Doesn't come with a polishing cloth, I would like to point out. Then how are you going to keep it clean? Tesla has also just announced the CyberQuad for kids. This is a toy CyberQuad with a 15-mile range, a top speed of 10 miles an hour, and it's sold out. <laughs> the CyberQuad for kid was selling for $1,900, which cost more than twice as my <laughs> first car. But apparently it was too cheap as it sold out in less than a day. Now, nobody seemed to notice here, uh, but this is footage of Franz von Holzhausen, Tesla's chief designer, and I think he might be riding with, I think, his sons. 
Also, in a couple of the shots, he's riding the real Cyberquad in one part of the video. Yeah. Cute, but also badass. Now, at $1,900, I get that it's like a special fun thing for people who really want their kids to have a cyber quad it's probably for adults it's, they're gonna stuff themselves yeah, on it and break yeah. it let's um, be honest until the real cyber quad arrives <laughs> honey will you get off timmy's cyber quad just <laughs> one more minute hon <laughs> be a lot of broken <laughs> cyber quads for kids dad I, when can i ride my cyber quad oh just one more minute i kind of wish that it was cheaper and i kind of wish it i mean it could have been a little crappier and, and they could have made a little bit more of them I feel like it's just so cruel when it sells out. Like I heard about it, I think 48 minutes later and I went to the website to see if I could get one and it was sold out. So like it's only for, I don't, I don't know who got it. I don't know. How many are there? And it makes this feeding frenzy. It's very, I don't know. I'm thinking of just like shoes. You know, it's very like sneakerhead kind of thing where it's just because they're selling on eBay, of course, for double the price, triple the price. Right. But I mean, if you ever thought Tesla would have trouble Raising funds. Oh, they could sell anything on the website. Know, It'll sell out whistle. immediately. <laughs> it's hilarious. Now, this next story started like so many do with a tweet. Holmar's catalog tweeted out, rumor has it that the Cybertruck is no longer configurable on the Tesla site because they're debating getting rid of the single motor version and having only two, three and four motor variants. Elon said initial production will be four motor variant with independent ultra fast response torque control of each wheel. Marv said, could it turn like a tank? And then Elon said, we'll have both front and rear wheel steering. So not just like a tank, it can drive diagonally like a crab. Interesting. So so he didn't answer the question about whether they'd get rid of the one motor, but he did say pretty clearly four motors first. Which no one has ever ordered a a quad motor. Uh, But I want it now. But then there's also the rear wheel steering, which again, no one has ordered. But I want it now. They didn't have it. Could the rear wheel steering do a better tank turn? Because we heard that Rivian like had the tank turn Mm -hmm. and then they were like, oh, just kidding. Tank turn is like a horrible idea because you're going to like basically slide down any hill you're on. That was the one thing that was missing from a tri-motor Cybertruck would be tank turn. And so, yeah, having four motors... Definitely, it's in the running. But now, as you mentioned, yeah, rear wheel steering, does that help? But I hang on. Wouldn't you have to turn the wheels opposite to each other? Yeah, I mean, the front wheels would have to turn in and the rear wheels would have to turn out. Hang on. Hang on. I'm sorry. Uh, I've never seen a car do wheels that don't follow each other. You're saying the wheels would actually go at odds to each other? So that's where it gets a little tricky. I It might not do this right it, might, it probably won't i don't it's, think they're steering linkages like they're you're linked right. you're right they are linked and i think so i mean under your plan you'd have to like unlinking steerage yeah, linkage that would be a lot of extra and, and why is this because it would do tank turns better it would it wouldn't even have to so like if you drew a circle around the center of mass of the car or actually or just between all four wheels that point in the center you take the wheels and you draw a circle and then the wheels would have to be tangential to the to the circle in order to do a tank turn without spinning the wheels oh right but that would be more than 45 degrees yes so i don't think that that would be the case but basically any angle that's closer to that tangential angle means that your force vector is going to be a lot closer to what it wants to do, meaning that the wheels would have to spin less. So kind of the the Rivian is a worst case scenario for doing a tank turn because the wheels are only relying on their distance from the center line of the car to do the thing. And then if you turn them, it would be better. Uh, I don't think... 
there's too many other applications, though, for having independent steering control for the wheels of the car. Okay. But he didn't say that anyway. We're just going back to four motors. Right. And with crab steering, that would mean that the rear wheels could turn probably linked together um, and that the front wheels could turn linked together. So the car could drive diagonally. It also could mean that the car would have a much tighter turning radius because mm. the rear wheels would steer. And great out. for trailering. It could be very good for trailering as well. And uh, we have a poll coming up, so we're going to see what people think about this. Yeah. But Zane said, will Cybertruck have a yoke? And Elon says, Cybertruck is intentionally an insane technology bandwagon. And he says that Cybertruck will reach far into post-apocalyptic future and bring that technology to now. <laughs> okay. So is that a roundabout way of saying, yes, it'll have a yoke, or is it going to have a chainsaw that you have to drive with? I don't understand. And Alexander said, can we get a legit Cybertruck update? It's been about two years after all. Elon said, oh, man, this year has been such a supply chain nightmare, and it's not over. I will provide an updated product roadmap on next earnings call. Okay, wait, does this mean he'll be on the call? Like, he said he's not going to be on earnings call, so is he... Is he going to present it or someone else? Um, what other tech is there going to be? I mean, look, you need to join the Cybertruck Owners Club, who, by the way, sponsor this show. Um, they have a crowdsource reservation tracker that you can update and find your place in line. You can talk about all of this with all the community there who I'm sure are blowing up over this uh, tweet. And you can also use their 3D configurator, allowing you to visualize the Cybertruck in any color, wrap and logo. All right. So you and Ethan just reviewed a new electric longboard skateboard on Now Let's Review. Yeah, Now Let's Review is our sister channel where we review all things e-mobility, including electric skateboards, which are so fun. Yeah, Ethan is really good at riding them because he's been you know, riding skateboards since he was a kid. Now, you have not been riding skateboards since you were a kid, so is it hard to learn an electric skateboard? Uh, this one in particular, the N-Skate R3, is actually really easy to ride, mainly because it has a very smooth controller. Wait, what's the controller? The controller is a little handheld unit that you use to tell the board to go forward um, or to brake or oh, to go backwards. And that communicates with Bluetooth? Yes. And they've really improved in the couple of years since we started reviewing them. So would you recommend this electric longboard? Well, you'll have to watch our review. We really would appreciate it if you'd check out our Nalus Review channel. Um, the more subscribers we get, the more cool things we can get to review for you. Yeah, and in fact, uh, we just ordered the Sondor's Metacycle, and we'll be reviewing that as soon as it comes in. We now hear that it's been delayed till next spring, uh, but go subscribe so you don't forget, and so you can be the first to find out what could be an amazing value, a $5,000 electric motorcycle. Stellantis. You remember, Stellantis is the conglomerate of Chrysler Fiat, Alfa Romeo, Maserati, Peugeot, and Opel. Anyway, Stellantis's CEO, Carlos Tavera, said at a Reuters conference last week, What has been decided is to impose on the automotive industry electrification that brings 50% additional costs against a conventional vehicle. There is no way we can transfer 50% of additional costs to the final consumer because most parts of the middle class will not be able to pay. Over the next five years, we have to digest 10% productivity a year in an industry which is used to delivering 2 to 3% productivity improvements. The future will tell us who is going to be able to digest this and who will fail. We are putting the industry on the limits. Um, I'm sorry. Did the government just pass a law just affecting Stellantis? All in favor of forcing only Stellantis to make electric cars unfairly say aye. 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 So basically he's saying we're going out of business. So don't blame me when we go bankrupt. R I mean, right? Th this is not what you want to hear from your leader of like, it sounds really hard that you guys are saying we got to do. So um, unfair. I don't want to do that. It sucks. God, I hate it. 
Not fair. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, how often does that work, Carlos? Like, and I mean, this is coming from Stellantis. This is the company, of course. You know, remember when we started the show, well, we were talking about Fiat, and Fiat was like, "We're never going electric." <laughs> and now they're like, "Oh, we really have to go electric." Well, funny that all these companies that couldn't go electric started going under and had to conglomerate <laughs> to stay together. This is your loser table in your classic high school yes. movie, and they're all sitting together, going like, "This isn't fair. It's not fair. How could we possibly be cool?" And Tesla comes over. Could I sit here? <laughs> no, get out of here, oh. Tesla. Screw you, man. The guy sucks. I don't, I can't believe he said this. I know. He out just, loud. He just said out loud, uh, basically, we have no plan uh, and there's no way that we're going to be able to do this. I love also how they ignore that there's companies who do have a plan. It's not that, every, look, if every company was clueless and they're all going to fail somehow, I would understand it. But that's not the case. There are companies who are trying. Right. And also, the, the, there's no way we can transfer 50% additional cost to the final consumer. That's not if you if you take into account scale right. of battery production. Prices of batteries uh, have been dropping like crazy. And if you take into consideration the amount of savings that they would would have because they're not paying for gasoline, which yeah. is actually pretty expensive when you add it up over the years and years and years that you're going to be driving a vehicle. Yeah. The problem is that you haven't even tried to communicate that to customers. Yep. And and so people who have been buying electric cars kind of know this. They go like, yeah, I, I save a ton of money on gas. They tell everyone and everyone's like, oh, that's so weird. I, oh, I, doesn't your electric bill go up? And you're like, yes, but I don't pay any money in gas. Like you don't. And all it would take would be like a couple advertisements that Stellantis could run, but they won't run it because they're they, fighting it. They're they're in a dying industry. They yep. have all these factories built, and the easiest thing to do is to just keep pumping out what the factories make and make the little tweaks and improvements and add a cup holder here every I, year. I they know don't want to re revolutionize. I know what Carlos should do. He should head over to the Porsche family. Uh, I'm sure they can hang out and just yeah. lament over this. <laughs> so when they finally have to conglomerate because VW stopped selling electric vehicles, yeah. it's going to be Stellantis can we VW join merger. Yeah. It's going to be called Stellantis <laughs> Porsche. GM won't begin producing Chevy Bolts again until the end of January. This is perfect for GM. What? No, I mean, they are so busy trying to build batteries for the 142,000 recalled Bolts that they can't work on new ones. Yeah. It works out perfectly. What are you talking about? Uh, the new Build Back Better bill. Say that five times fast. With the EV tax credit in it. What about it? It's sitting in the Senate as we speak. Yeah. And according to current language, the Chevy Bolt would be the only EV to get the full $12,500 incentive. How's that possible? I mean, I know that U.S. Union Made gets an additional $4,500, but surely there must be other U.S. Union Made EV models. Nope. The only EV that qualifies for the full credit at the moment, is the Chevy Bolt. The Mach-E, made in Mexico. Oh. Um, many of the other cars are made overseas in you know Europe. So even though the Chevy Bolt's powertrain is made in Korea, it's put together here with Union, so it and that qualifies. Counts. But but hang on, Teslas, which are one hundred percent made here in the United States, even though they're not Union made, even though their employees are super happy and they're better paid. You're saying they don't get the $4,500 and there's no other model? Right. So, I mean, you know, someday there will be the Ford F-150 Lightning, maybe, um, if that doesn't get pushed back, which I think it might be. Uh, the same thing with the uh, the Hummer, 
which is not going to be made in large numbers, but it will be made in the U.S. There are future cars that they say are going to be made in the United States with union workers, and there's a big incentive to do so now. So maybe that's the, oh, that's the shining light. But for us consumers, the only car that you could buy is a car that you can't buy. So you mean this Chevy Bolt? What's that sign say? Uh, So Glenn sent us this photo he took at Richmond International Airport in Virginia, basically saying they don't allow bolts to park there because they're afraid they could burn the other cars. So thanks, Chevy, for giving EVs a bad reputation. But you're the only EV that can get the full tax credit. Amazing. Good job. You did it, Mary. You did, Mary. Yeah, and if you want to share the story with your friends, make sure you tweet it out with the hashtag MaryLed. And in addition to that hashtag, you can send it with this story. You can head over to the Now You Know Clips channel, and there you'll find this little clip that you can send out uh, in your little tweet. And just let Mary know that we sent you. So here is Mercedes-Benz new Maybach off-road luxury concept, the Virgil Abloh. What, what am I looking at? So Virgin Abloh was the artistic director at Louis Vuitton. Uh, he passed away due to cancer in November. He was only 41. Abloh worked with Daimler's chief designer on this new vehicle. And Mercedes is releasing this concept named in his honor. So is this car aimed at like the Chinese millionaire market? Maybe the Saudi or the UAE market. So, I mean, do you have any stats or anything? Or is this a typical concept with just pictures? Oh, yeah. it's There's no stats. I mean, it'll be full battery electric, which is cool. Okay. Um, but obviously, they're not going to make this car. Uh, I mean, it's fun to look at this and it's fun to talk about. I think the problem here, though, is Mercedes brand is in serious trouble. I mean, they're losing their luxury and quality place in the market. Yeah. And I mean, just... In case you don't know what we're talking about, like Tesla is eating their lunch. Um, I think it's Mercedes, maybe BMW. Those two car brands are losing a crap ton of market share to Tesla because Tesla makes a better car. Let's face it. Um, And you can feel a little less self-conscious about driving one. Um, So. Concepts like this are often used to get customers thinking about how unique and luxurious a brand is, even though the car will never be built. Let's just say it came out and let's say it was $100,000. I think it would do fine in like an upper market of people who wanted to kind of show off. Like, I agree with you, like uh, Dubai, Dubai and China, (laughs) China, I think, and maybe here in the U.S., although I. I don't know. Oh, I mean, there's there'd be plenty of people who'd love so, to pick something stupid like this up. Right. So here's my question. Like, why not just do it? Why are car companies so afraid? Like, they go through all the trouble of designing it and showing it off and making people fall in love with it, and then they don't do it. Here's what I think it is. I think the reason that you have concepts and the reason that the concepts never look uh, – that when the concepts come to reality and you can buy it, it never looks as good is because it keeps you on this drip feed. Mm. keeps you on this, like, IV of thinking, like – Oh my gosh, this car is going to be it. And you make it your whole life. You're like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Remember when the BMW like iNext was coming out and it oh, had yeah. those like things that turned with the wheels <laughs> and you're like, whoa, this is the coolest thing. And and even people who weren't even into cars were just like, this is so cool. Now you go look at that car. looks like any other BMW except the even worse looking grill. And people are just going to be like, yeah, well, I did want it. So I guess I'll get it. That's that's the best I can get. And then they they have their next thing that looks even cooler. Wow. No, I guess. I doesn't even have any wheels. Wow. And then, of course, it will have four wheels and it'll be exactly the same as any other car. But I just love Tesla. They come out with a concept and then the actual production car looks better. Right. Like, I don't think that we've ever seen a concept at Tesla that didn't look 
stunningly close. I mean, I think the Model X was the furthest off, and that's right. just because it had the nose cone. Right. But aside from that, it kept the wackiest part, which is the Falcon Wing doors, right. and they still make them. Yep. And I mean, that's the exciting part with the Cybertruck. If any other company came out with a Cybertruck and they showed you the Cybertruck, you'd be like, oh my gosh. And then they come out with the Ford F-150. Right. <laughs> well, there you go. It's still cool, even though it doesn't have any of the features that we talked about in the concept. So a Chinese vlogger last week showed that the new Ryzen chipset in the Model Y on the left versus the older Intel Atom A3950 in the Model 3 on the right. Well, he showed loading some common apps like Yuku and Billy Billy, which are basically YouTube knockoffs in China. And check out the speed difference. So the AMD chip was over three times as fast. Now, I feel like U.S. chipsets, like even in our 2017 Model 3, are faster than what we were seeing. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, we tried to look this up. I don't know if uh, China uses a slightly slower chipset. It's still a Intel chipset and it's still the atom chipset but maybe it's a different series yeah. um the map is what i think gives it away here i don't recall ever seeing our maps load that slowly maybe on sparky well on sparky but i mean on a model three like yeah so i mean it could mean that basically i don't know it'd be a huge step up for china um but i think here in the u.s we're pretty good it's funny never before in cars did anyone talk about computer speed like you don't get into a 1966 chevy and go like well i mean we did have floppy drives back then yeah you know i'm gonna upgrade it to usb soon yeah i mean these are computers so now we're starting to talk like when we go into computer stores it's like oh man how many buses are on your sata drive you know it's no longer able to oh yeah it's oh is that a boxer cool A new research report came out last week from Morgan Stanley analysts, including Adam Jonas, and they say that Ford is on track to beat GM in sales of BEVs this year. Yeah, the report cites sales of the Ford Mach-E through October of this year at 21,703 units versus GM Bolt sales of 24,810 units. And so they did a little math and they said- (laughs) They're analysts. And since you can't buy a Bolt right now, um, and you can- presumably continue to buy Mach-E's, uh, they think that the Mach-E is going to surpass the Bolt. Very good analysis. Good job. Yes. Good math there. Uh, the report goes on to forecast Ford beating GM in 2022 as well, with Ford selling 150,000 cars, they think, in 2022 versus 114,000 for GM. Not sure where they got those numbers, but they're analysts. Uh, Interesting to note that Morgan Stanley says, we value Ford's EV, AV, and mobility businesses at nearly $12 a share for Ford, or roughly 100% of our $12 price target. What? Wait, so in other words, Morgan Stanley thinks that Ford is only worth the value of their EV division? What's Ford priced at now again? Uh, Well, here's stock charts at around 19 bucks a share. Oh, Okay. So I think the mass media has been telling the story wrong. They are headlining it as Ford to catch up to GM. What this story and the data shows is that both Ford and GM are woefully behind the leader and have very little chance of ever catching up. I think 150,000 sales in 2022 for Ford is super rosy. And Tesla should easily be at a million units, probably more like 1.2 or 1.3 million units. Right. Ford at 12.5% is a good thing. Right. And I mean... This lead is only going to continue to grow for Tesla. So why isn't the headline Ford and GM woefully behind can't catch up? And I mean, the Mach-E, not really in the same class even as like the Model Y. And now that the Mach-E has come out and there's plenty of now, you know, Mach-E YouTubers out there and people actually talking about the experience, you're starting to see the problems crop up. Mm -hmm. And uh, those are problems that aren't going to go away. No, they're not going to go away. They're only going to get worse. The more cars that 
Ford sells without making a better charging network, which that, and I know uh, Electrify America, everyone keeps saying, it keeps, it's getting better, it's getting better. They're making more chargers. That's great. I'm really glad that that's getting better. I don't think it's getting better fast enough. No. If Ford and GM and all these other car companies are going to be ramping up production like they say they're going to be doing, we're investing millions and billions of dollars into this. We're going to be getting, we're going to catch up to Tesla. Most of them already say that they're in the lead. Right. Ironically, even though they're absolutely not. And they think they have all the time in the world. Oh, we have 14 years. And I mean, I'm hearing about Mach-E owners who can't open the rear door of their car unless they open the front door first. Like, (laughs) okay, you got some problems. And I mean, this $12 price target saying that that's the value of their EV segment. That means that Ford should, if they want to listen to Morgan Stanley analysts, sell their entire ICE division. Mm -hmm. They should just spin it off into Ford Legacy or something. Actually, that's a great idea. It isn't it? It is because then you get rid of the problem. Right. And you just say, okay, you guys are going to be like many different uh, parts companies for uh, classic vehicles, except that the the classic vehicles are going to be 2024 well, pickups and stuff. Look at the market. It's valuing Rivian, which does nothing but make electric cars at, you know, $100 billion and Ford is worth less. So the market is saying you're not worth anything unless you're making EVs. Exactly. So Tasmanian tweeted out, Elon Musk says SpaceX could face genuine risk of bankruptcy if Raptor production is not enough for a Starship flight rate of at least once every two weeks. Elon said if a severe global recession were to dry up capital availability and liquidity while SpaceX was losing billions on Starlink and Starship, then bankruptcy, while still unlikely, is not impossible. GM and Chrysler went bankrupt last recession only the paranoid survive it's a quote from grove um hang on so elon tweets that spacex could go bankrupt i thought this was like the multi-billion dollar behemoth that's taking over the space industry yeah let's actually read the email that was leaked um, that elon sent yeah if we get the actual wording it oftentimes Gives the whole story. Okay, so he said in the email to employees, unfortunately, the Raptor production crisis is much worse than it had seemed a few weeks ago. As we've dug into the issues following the exiting of prior senior management, they have unfortunately turned out to be far more severe than was reported. There is no way to sugarcoat this. I was going to take this weekend off as my first weekend off in a long time, but instead I will be on the Raptor line all night and through the weekend. Unless you have critical family matters or cannot physically return to Hawthorne, we will need all hands on deck to recover from what is, quite frankly, a disaster. The consequences for SpaceX, if we cannot get enough reliable Raptors made, is that we then can't fly Starship, which means we then can't fly Starlink satellite V2 satellite. V1 by itself is financially weak, while V2 is strong. In addition, we are spooling up terminal production to several million units per year, which will consume massive capital, assuming that satellite V2 will be on orbit to handle the bandwidth demand. These terminals will be useless otherwise. What it comes down to is that we face a genuine risk of bankruptcy if we can't achieve a Starship flight rate of at least once every two weeks next year. Thanks, Elon. Yeah, and then some people were worried and they tweeted out to Elon, uh, how's the Raptor thing going? And Elon says it's getting fixed. So I just want to put this email into perspective. I think that a lot of people see the word bankruptcy and they go, oh my God, bankruptcy, they're going bankrupt. I don't think so. I don't see it. First of all, SpaceX is one of the leading launch companies in the world. Yeah. They have they the just majority, overtook ULA. They, they have the majority of the market share of things going into space. Right. That's, that's a pretty... Good thing, first of all. Also, the only ones that can reuse rockets. Which is also pretty good. So they're like the cheapest 
to get into space, to get anything into space. Oh, also, they have a satellite network uh, that's giving internet to the planet right. right now. So what Elon is talking about here is he does this a lot. Yeah. He can rouse troops. He's very good at rousing troops. What he needs to do, send a shock to the system. This was supposed to be a not leaked email, by the way. Right. Um, he has, I think, emails that are supposed to be leaked. This was one that was probably not supposed to be leaked. Not because it's revealing some awful secret. I think it's just because this is how he gets people moving and motivated. Yeah, this is how great generals throughout the years have uh, got their troops roused up. I mean, if you remember General MacArthur waiting ashore in the Philippines, you know, so that the troops are like, wow, he's with us. He's yeah. he's in the battle with us. Uh, it really gets everyone pumped. And so to hear that Elon's going to be here this weekend, okay, I'm here this weekend. Right. Um, and then what other CEO in the world would, first of all, let the world know that, like, this is a big problem. We got to fix it. And then would say, let's fix it this weekend. Right. Instead of like, well, the next quarter, I really am expecting a lot more from you. When I get back from my ski weekend <laughs> yeah. trip, we will deal with I this. I really expect. I, I think that this is just part of Elon's leadership. He doesn't like people to feel that comfortable. Right. Uh, so this is to make them feel a little uncomfortable. He's going to be there, which means that he's going to know if you're there or not. He's Santa Claus. He knows if you've been bad or good. I just want to know, though, why didn't he know about this senior management group and that they had been failing until after they left? This points to a problem that he does have, I think, which is communication within his ranks. Yes. I think people are so afraid to say anything because like a big general, they're like, he might just, you know, fire me mm -hmm. so they just keep things like don't tell elon that we're not making enough right and I'm, I, I'm gonna move on to apple now and i think that there's many other departments at many of his companies that might just hope that he's not looking at you basically yeah. um but i think that eventually eventually depending on what it is uh he's going to hopefully find it hopefully someday it's going to be service for tesla owners oh yeah because it's not the best experience the app needs a lot of work uh the whole not getting phone calls is yeah. quite annoying, I think, for a lot of people. So I I hope that someday he'll turn his, the same focus over to that because I think that that's easily fixed. But I don't think that SpaceX is going out of business. Yeah. All right. It's time for Into the Future and we're sponsored by Henson Shaving. You know, a bad shave can really ruin your whole day. And one of the reasons shaving can be so bad is because you're assaulting your face with multiple blades. Yeah, you can significantly reduce irritation with a Henson shaver because it's precision made with satellite tolerances. Yeah, they make Henson shavers at the same facility where they've made parts for satellites and the Mars rover. You can get your space age shaver at the link below. All right, so we're talking the future, so we're talking robots. Meet Amika, a humanoid robot with human-like facial expressions. Well, let me prove it. Yeah, this is made by UK-based Engineered Arts. Now, Amika can't walk yet, but Engineered Arts is using their Tritium operating system and will be displaying Amika at CES in January. So if you don't believe this video, you can head on over to Las Vegas and check it out for yourself. I just want to conjecture. Oh, and by the way, Elon said, yikes. First of all, I think if Tesla's smart, they should hire this team to come work for TeslaBot, because don't you want your TeslaBot to have facial expressions? No, no, I do not. Nope, no thanks. Look, I think this is a big step for humankind here. Uh, we've seen this in movies, and we've all been like, well, that's science fiction. Don't have to worry about that. It's going to be happening, folks, in the next 10 years, so you might as well wrap your head around it. We're going to have robots, and they're probably going to have facial expressions, and they're probably going to freak us all out for a while. I feel like they don't need it. 
they, they are, don't need it. They but are robots. Sure. Like if my face could be a bunch of LEDs, I'm sure it'd be much more pleasant for lots of Well, maybe of that'll be a choice in the future. Be like, so, <laughs> sir, um, with your Tesla bot, would you like facial expressions or no face? No face? No okay. Fa no face. Okay. Thank you. Great. Yeah. All right. It's time for Going Green brought to you by EcoWare. And there's probably still time left to get some uh, cool EcoWare stuff for the yeah, holidays. So remember, rush. yeah, use our holiday season code there, holiday season for 15% off. Remember, we plant 10 trees for every order. Thanks to our friends at Eden Reforestation Projects. And we help Capital Well. Thanks to our friends at the Well Done Foundation. Head on over there and pick up some cool gifts for the holiday season. And remember that everything is carbon negative. All right, so we're going to talk about Polaris's newest model, the Ranger XP Kinetic. It's an all-electric UTV. We're going to talk about that more on Patreon bonus stories, but let's take a look at some of the stats here. So Polaris teamed up with Zero Motorcycles for the powertrain and ended up using Zero's most powerful motor, their 110 horsepower, 82 kilowatt motor with 140 foot-pounds of torque. Yeah, what's cool here is that this UTV just blows away the competition, both electric or gas-powered, pretty much in every metric you can find. It can tow 2,500 pounds. It has 14 inches of ground clearance. It has two battery pack options, a 14.9 kilowatt hour for 45 miles and a 29.8 kilowatt hour for up to 80 miles of range. It has a seven inch infotainment screen, electric heater, three kilowatt charger for overnight level two charging. Uh, it supposedly has 70% less maintenance cost than gas UTVs. And the premium will start at $24,999 and the ultimate starts at $29,999. They are available now for pre-order and deliveries are supposed to happen in 2022. So we're gonna talk about this more on Patreon bonus stories. Yeah, cause it's pretty cool what Polaris is doing and we'll talk about that over there. All right, it's time for Sunspots. So the International Energy Agency, or the IEA, just came out with their latest Renewables 2021 report. Ugh, yeah, big, I know. long report, lots of numbers, percentages, gigawatts, etc. blah, blah, blah. I get it. It puts a lot of people to sleep. But wait, I came across this one sentence, and it's the only sentence I think you need to remember from this whole 175-page report. Wait, 175-page report, and you can boil it down to one sentence? Yeah. Uh, this is the Cliff Notes version, if you will, of this entire report. Okay, you ready? Globally, renewable energy capacity is forecast to increase by over 60% between 2020 and 2026, reaching more than 4,800 gigawatts. This is equivalent to the current global power capacity of fossil fuels and nuclear combined. That was two sentences. Okay, so I lied. You have to remember two sentences. <laughs> Did you get what I said, though? Wait, okay, wait, wait. So in, in about four years... Renewable energy, basically solar and wind, will equal the current global power capacity of fossil fuels and nuclear combined. Yes. This is what we've been talking about for years about the S-curve. It happens so slowly in the beginning. You're like, nothing's happening. And then all of a sudden it goes zoom. And we're, now we're in the zoom period where you're going to go, what just yeah, happened? Because this is the IEA. We've been talking about the IEA for five years. Yeah. And the IEA has always consistently, every single time, looked at the line, saw that it was going up and went, it's probably going to continue like this. Right. Now they're saying, and the IEA is saying, that in four years, basically, we're going to have the equivalent of all fossil fuels and nuclear combined in renewable energy. Yeah. So, I mean, they're probably wrong. They're, they're probably, probably, gonna, probably going to be really, more faster. Really wrong. Yeah. And this is all with like market forces. Yeah, exactly. Because the government's been dragging their feet. It's almost like solar and wind energy are like free. Like you build the thing and then it's free. Yeah. Unlike so, a coal power plant, which costs more to build. And then you have to 
drag stuff to it and dig it out of the ground and bring it there. So, I mean, if you'd like to get a free energy plant on your roof and if you're like, but I have a lot of questions, Zach and Jesse, talk to our friends at Energy Pal. They know all the answers and they'll give you all the answers for free. Click the link in the show notes below and let them know that Zach and Jesse sent you. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. And remember, we need your stories. Send them in two minutes or less, shoot them in landscape and with good audio and no music and send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. All right, so what do we got this week, Jess? Well, Kevin took his first ride in a Model S Plaid near Colorado Springs. Um, and there you can see Pikes Peak in the distance. Let's check it out. Hey, Zach and Jesse. We're uh, here in a Tesla Model S Plaid. <laughs> that was 80. And this is Dan, who owns this fine machine. Got it, and, had it for about five weeks now. And he's taking us out on a little ride here at Colorado Springs National Drive Electric Week event. So on our next launch, it's going to be a... A full launch. A full launch. And we'll see how people do. Well, you'll, you'll, you'll know that I'm about to do it. There's about seven seconds, you know, I, I manipulate the pedals a certain way to put it into a full launch. And it goes into what's called a cheetah stance where the front suspension lowers. And you'll see it lowering, it's, it's visible. There's Pike's Peak in the distance. Among other things, the car makes no outside, outside noise when it's doing this, so people don't know it's happening. lowering and now we're ready everyone ready ready yes, no. <laughs> that was easy <laughs> now you know oh i'm so jealous getting a ride in the plaid i know nice. i haven't got i haven't ridden in a plaid yet i know we got to do that so hello and now if you if you have a plaid I will shake your hand if you, and I don't have to drive it. You can drive it, but I do want to feel what it feels like. Yeah. All right. It's time for the Patreon bonus stories. And we've got uh, three Now You Know Investor Club bonus stories this week. You're not going to want to miss. So join our Now You Know Investor Club on Patreon. Uh, what do we got on Patreon bonus stories? We've got uh, Cruz's first driverless drive. We got the new Polaris Ranger Kinetic. We've got what Australia's richest billionaire has to say about fossil fuels. An unsinkable Model 3. And actually a whole lot more. We're not going to waste your time. Just head over to patreon.com slash now you know and you can watch all of it. All right, we're back from the Patreon bonus stories. That was awesome. Ooh, that was a fun one. A lot of full of stuff. Man, a lot of investor club bonus stories yeah. too. So yeah, investors are going to be happy to see those this week. All right, we got new patrons who are supporting us, and they're going to be at the end credits of the show. Who do we got this week? We've got Melody of 1974, Carl Smith, Warren Cohen, George Fort, Chana Naragala, Lean Gatsa, Apple Crisp, Nicholas, Clark Archer, Brian Critchlow, William S. Pitt, Tim Grafius, William Miller. William Corwin, J.P. Higgs, Lincoln Panassi of Energy Pal. Yep, that's the Lincoln. Thanks, Lincoln. Thanks, Lincoln. John Franks, Robert Buchanan, David Larder, Andy Clary, Mehran Jalaliana, Brian Terry, Kevin Stevens, and Isaac Bergelt. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do the show without you. 
All right, buckle up. It's time for Elon's Tweets of the Week. And Tesla Roddy tweeted out, Tesla's Elon Musk calls for an end to Tesla's end-of-quarter vehicle delivery blitzes. Elon says it will still be very intense, just slightly less than in the past. Patrick says, Google, Microsoft, Adobe, IBM, Palo Alto Networks, and now Twitter run by CEOs who grew up in India. Wonderful to watch the amazing success of Indians in the technology world and a good reminder of the opportunity America offers to immigrants. Elon says, USA benefits greatly from Indian talent. That's coming from another immigrant. That's right. Elon said, just dropping some friends off at the pool. Friends and pools are great. Holmar's catalog says, I'm in love with the yoke. It's just so satisfying to use Elon. Elon says, yoke allows unobstructed view of the screen. Acid test for new interfaces to use for two weeks and see if you still want old version. After using yoke for a few weeks, I didn't want wheel. Viking Rocket says, would you say it's true for most city and highway driving, but wheel is sharper, better if you live commute on twisty mountain roads? Elon says variable gain, steer by wire, yoke would be ideal, which is something we've been talking about for quite a while as soon as we heard about the yoke. World of Engineering says on November 29th, 1972, Atari releases Pong, the first commercially successful video game. Elon says 49 years later, games are photorealistic 3D worlds. What does that trend continuing apply about our reality? It's all a simulation, man. (laughs) Ross Gerber said becoming quite an issue, Elon. And this is about the Washington Post article citing debris threat and NASA abruptly calling off the spacewalk. Elon says we had to shift some SpaceX satellites to reduce probability of collision. Not great, but not terrible either. Station and Dragon have micrometeor shields, ultra high velocity impact absorption, but EVA suits do not, hence higher risk for spacewalk. Tesla and the gong said, will SpaceX redesign suits for moon and Mars missions? Elon said suits will need to be made in high volume at an affordable cost and be much easier to use. So that is a dig directly at NASA's suits, which are very expensive. Mike Solana says, seems like we should all be a lot more concerned about the fact that hypnosis is a real thing. Mind control, real, basically, why does this not matter? Elon says the overarching problem is that we need better mental firewalls for the information constantly coming at us. Critical and first principles thinking should be a required course in middle school. Who wrote the software running in your head? Are you actually sure you want it there? Ooh. Wow. That's a mind blow. That's a good one. Woo. And then Elon follows it up with Dayquil plus NyQuil uh, and, and this meme. He also followed it up with this tweet, which is basically reminiscent of when Stalin was standing next to his, um, I forget what that guy's name was. Uh, Friend. <laughs> I'm sure they Nikolai all... Yezlov, uh, who then was killed by Stalin. And right. then so he had to be erased from the picture. So, yeah, this is Jack Dorsey, was CEO of Twitter. Now he's gone. But, I mean, Jack Dorsey helped pick his replacement, who's the CTO of the company. Uh, Shibatoshi Nakamoto tweeted out, the key to happiness is low expectations. Lower. Nope. Even lower. There you go. <laughs> Sawyer Merritt said, holy crap, 21 days from now is the one-year anniversary of Tesla's S&P 500 inclusion. Where did the last year go? More Tesla stock traded on that day than any stock has ever been traded in a single trading day in history. Average volume right now is 22 million. Volume on December 21st, 2020 was 222,126,200 shares. Huh. It's almost like what we had said about the (laughs) S&P inclusion was right. (laughs) Sam Altman said, prediction, average venture returns for investments made in the 2020s are going to be much worse than those from the 2010s. There's a flood of capital, and I've never heard so many price-setting VCs openly saying they're willing to accept much lower return targets. Elon says, I thought nothing could be nuttier than 99. Also, let me simp for a second and suggest that Web3 might still have 2010s-like returns, but most VCs will miss it. 
Elon says, Web3 sounds like BS. And then he <laughs> posted this meme. <laughs> Which, so I guess he doesn't like Web3, whatever the heck that, I'm so out of cryptocurrency, I don't even want to talk about it. It's so bleh. Bogus Thought said, what's your plan for X.com? Elon asked the question again, what should I do with it? Coindesk tweeted out, Ethereum's high transaction fees have made DeFi inaccessible to small investors. And Elon tweeted out, Doge. Okay. Supertoshi then tweeted out uh, this meme. Read people's dumb comments and lose faith in humanity or stop engaging and lose precious dopamine. <laughs> Elon tweeted out, laws are on one side, poets on the other. Okay. Well, and then, I guess he's a poet. That's yeah. very poetic. And then Elon said, construction of Starship Orbital launch pad at the Cape has begun. Like Cape Cod? Uh, no, Chris said still at 39A. Oh, Cape Canaveral. And he right. said yes. Uh, and then Sawyer Merritt said, look at this Tesla line. Is that a line graph Ooh. in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> this is the love of the Norwegians for Tesla. And Elon said, I love Norway. Yeah, Norway is reporting 73.8% of sales last month coming from all electric vehicles. Wow. Pernay said, I honestly can't wait for this to be reality. And this is a picture by Eric X Space of two Megazillas holding starships. Right. Not, not a real photo. That's a rendering. Right. Um, Elon says, this will look awesome. We will soon make these real. Uh, starship to Mars. Joey said NASA plans to award SpaceX three additional commercial crew flights to the ISS under the company's CCC cap contract. SpaceX will be on contract for nine post-certification missions in total. Elon said it's an honor to serve NASA and the countries of the International Space Station. Eric X says, any name for this maneuver? And this is the maneuver here we're seeing of a starship being caught. And then Elon says, landing on tower arms. Do you ship to Mars? Elon says, you betcha. My car is currently orbiting Mars. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> It's, it's that's it's orbiting the sun. Yeah. Come on. Um, come, on. come on, Elon. Elon. Um, also, name the maneuver something. Yeah, I know. Don't call it landing on the. That's boring. I call know. it the call it the the Elon the, dive. The, the Elon Freudian, swoop. The Freudian flip. <laughs> Andrina said Marvin is leading the way like the real boss. Elon said he's quite a bossy dog. Elon said, as always, Tesla is looking for hardcore AI engineers who care about solving problems that directly affect people's lives in a major way. So go to tesla.com slash AI for all the AI projects that Tesla's working on. And here is the job application. Look how simple it is. It's pretty simple. And you know that if he's tweeting about it, he's looking for people. Yeah. Like, it's not like one of those where it's like, oh, if only I could. Yeah, you might get in. Brush off your resume. All right. So we did a poll. What do you think about the new Cybertruck features that Elon uh, tweeted about on Twitter? Um, and so, of course, we're talking about the four-wheel steering and the four-wheel motors or four-quad motors, whatever you want to call it. Many people are glad that they have it, but they aren't going to get that version. Although a lot of, I mean, almost the same amount of people are going to upgrade their reservation to yeah. one. Um, some people just aren't that interested in Cybertruck. Other people have other opinions, but there you yeah. go. Yeah, no, it's popular. All right, it's time for Community Mail Time. Community and remember, you can send in your stories to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Joel shared this Reddit post about someone's BMW i3 catching on fire. Now, I mean, you might be saying, oh, no, those dangerous EVs. Well, this is the Rex model of the i3. That means it has a range extending gas engine in the back. And that is what caught on fire, not the battery pack. The owner says they're buying a Model Y next. Nice. Richard saw this wrapped Model 3 in Claremont, Florida this week. Kevin sent us these photos of a very cool wrap Model 3 at the Tesla store in Loveland, Colorado. Nice. Rex sent us these photos of peaches and cream Model 3 wrap with sunlit blueberry flares taken in Dania, Florida. Rex said the true effects are hard to capture on camera, um, but you can, I mean, just so you know, you can always send us a video on hello as well. 
Dave said, hey, guys, out walking the dog one morning in San Jose, California, and came across this in the driveway in a residential neighborhood. Thought you'd like this. Yeah, I'd love it. <laughs> I'd like love it if it was in my driveway, Thanks, Dave. Dave. <laughs> Kathy sent us these photos of Rivian R1T in Palo Alto, California as well. Jeff spotted this Rivian R1S in Palo Alto. It looks like it is Illinois manufacturer plates, so maybe it's in town for testing or maybe it's visiting that other R1T. I don't know. And we got this from Joe. He said, hey, now you know, team, after nearly six years of planning and saving, I finally ordered a Model 3 Standard Range Plus in August and took delivery this past weekend. I drove five and a half hours to the nearest delivery center with my father and had an amazing road trip back. My father, a lifelong GM buyer, was astounded by everything the vehicle had to offer. The butts and seats concept is real. You could see how his opinion of the 272 mile range went from worry to impressed as we descended the Catskill Mountains using regen braking, which increased our estimated battery percentage upon arrival at the super supercharger from 5% to 9%. From there, his view towards driving electric shifted to being very forgiving. He said to me, even though we came so close to running out of charge, this is only day one and there's a learning curve to planning longer trips. I'm confident we have another believer in this move to electric mobility. My two kids who are seven and four love every minute spent in it, especially when conducting a missions test. I couldn't use your referral links as Tesla removed those prior to me placing my order, but if possible, when you're doing your tour with the semi, maybe you can still add me to the list. I think we probably can. Um, thank you so much for that, Joe. That's, that's and awesome. also 5%. You weren't almost out of charge. You were you were fine. Oh, yeah. And you'll some, get used to some it. Some people are aiming for lower than that. Yeah, because that, that way you supercharge faster. See the things you learn. Alejandro sent us these photos of his modded Model 3. Oh, nice, nice body kit. Dave got a photo of his brother Tom's Model 3 and look the street they're on. <laughs> Tesla Boulevard in Knoxville, Tennessee. Nice. Okay, before you call the police, Tim sent in this photo. He said, my girlfriend works at a company that develops medical equipment, orthotics and prosthetics, and she sometimes works from home. In this case, she was bringing some parts back to work, and this was the only place left in the car. Must have been a crazy view for anyone passing by. Luckily, no one called the police. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. Let's see what we got. Hello, Zach and Jesse. Uh, this is Ted. We got an eight uh, supercharger here. I guess the RI behind me in the Haggard is uh, Harrisburg, Virginia. There's plenty of uh, convenience stores around here. Uh, you can uh, get your nails done while you're charging or get yourself a haircut. Uh, plenty of uh, other amenities around here. Um, some of them probably be open at night. Bunch of restaurants, good place to eat. Uh, wood grill next door. There's a couple of gas stations. This is right off the 81 highway uh, near the university, James Madison University. Uh, a lot of sceneries to see. Now you know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Scott reporting in from the version two Tesla superchargers in Augusta, Maine, near the Augusta Mall. There are eight chargers. Two of them are pull-in type. There is limited food available within walking distance. There are bathrooms in the strip mall stores adjacent, TJ Maxx, Five Below, Dick's Sporting Goods, and Kohl's. And there's also a Red Robin to get some food. 
over there behind the trees. There are lots of national chain fast food places on the drive up to the superchargers. So grab yourself some food and then uh, eat in the car while you're charging. I'm gonna give this one an eight out of 10. Now you know. Zach and Jesse, this is Steve from the UK, just reporting on the new Aberystwyth uh, supercharger, which is on the west coast of Wales. Um, just having a look around, there's not much to see from the superchargers, but there's a McDonald's just around the corner, um, and six stall, 250 kilowatt, all good so far. All right, thanks a lot, bye-bye. Hello, second Jesse, this is a supercharger review from uh, Denmark, close to uh, Roskilde, the, uh, where the famous uh, Roskilde festival is. This is a completely new uh, supercharger uh, that you, I just saw uh, yesterday from your latest uh, Tesla Time News. And uh, it's the first 250 kilowatt uh, charger here in, uh, in Denmark, uh, definitely sealing as far as I know. Uh, it's close to the highway and there's a gas station and a little kebab and uh, a restaurant over there. And um, it's not the most attractive thing. I would give it a, a six out of 10. Now you know. Thank you so much for doing supercharger reviews. Again, you can send those in at nowyouknowchannel.com and there's, there's a supercharger review section um, and you can look at all the supercharger reviews in the world on a map so you know where they are and you can upload your own. Really appreciate everyone who uh, puts those in. You guys have really rosy numbers though. Yeah, I mean, be harder Enough, on them. You don't have to rate it 10. It's great that it supercharges your car. Five is good. Right. Five is like, there was no problems with it. Right. Go lower if it's bad. If it's even better, you know, oh, it has food, six. Oh, it has food in bathrooms, seven. Uh, maybe six and a half. And then if it's like, oh, and there's a carnival here. I mean, good. Some of them have like... Oh, and there's a there's a playground like that anyone can go you, into. And you stuff. know the reason we got this is we went on a road trip, and you should go watch that that series. Um, and Jesse was pretty hard on him, so that's where it originally came from. Well, a ten should just be like <laughs> that's a destination, <laughs> right. you know. A ten should not just be like it's a place and it's here. He's a that's tough a grader. Five. He's that's a tough a five. Grader. All right, all right. What do we got for new superchargers this week? We've got number fifty four in Sweden is the eight stall version three in Arsana, Sweden. We got a two stall hundred kilowatt in Cuneo, Italy. Don't know what's going on with that. Number seventy six in Florida is the eight stall version three in West Palm Beach at Florida Turnpike Service Plaza. We got the sixteen stall version three in Boblingen, Germany. Number one hundred and six in Germany is the twelve stall version three in Leer Wendenhausen, Germany. 12-stall version 3 in Alcobenda, Spain. Number 41 in Spain is the 4-stall version 3 in Barbastro. We get the 8-stall version 3 in Boisbriand, Quebec. The 3-stall version 3 in Warrnambool, Victoria, Australia. Number 255 in California, the 24-stall version 3 in Diamond Bar, California. And number 46 in Australia is the 3-stall version 3 in Horsham at Darlet Street in Victoria. Number 47 in Italy, number 715 in Europe, number 3150 in the world is the 8-stall version 3 in Grandate, Italy. Nice. Good week. Yeah. All right. So it's time for the Patreon giveaway. If you want to get to this big barrel of fun, join us on Patreon. The more you support us, the more chances you have to win. We're giving away a $30 gift card to EcoWare. You could get some cool shirts or stuff for holidays who's our winner the winner is js congratulations js you're getting a 30 dollars gift card remember we completely carbon negatize 
all of the things on EcoWare because we plant trees and we cap wells and we do all sorts of good stuff. And also you can get mugs on there from our buddy Randy. Mm-hmm. You can get honey and and also um, not just honey from Bill. You can get these cool honey balms, yeah. which are such a cool. Th- I mean, I Bee, use mine all the real time. Beeswax. Yeah, because now yeah. it's getting cold out and my skin's drying, so yeah. I need them more and more. So yeah, head on over to EcoWare. We've got all sorts of cool stuff there. And thank you to all the people that are flying by. Is it here or here? I don't know where they're flying by. Uh, um, uh, oh no, you're right. I think it's over here. Um, because these are our Patreon supporters, and these are people who keep this show alive. And you can join them by joining us on Patreon at the $5 level or more. And that's what makes this show possible. And you might be wondering, like, why is this show so cool? It's so cool because we don't have to rely on 12-year-olds. If we had to rely on 12-year-olds on YouTube, we would always be constantly pandering to them. We don't have to pander to Maybe them. Maybe that would make it more cool. It could make it more cool. What's up, guys? Today we're going to be talking about Fortnite. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad that I don't have to talk about Fortnite and, and be a YouTuber. I'm glad that we get to talk about real important issues. And we get to talk about even more stuff on our Patreon. On bonus stories um there's just so much more that we want to talk about in a week that's like a little bit more nuanced yeah. we don't want to be talking to the randos of the world because honestly i hate getting bad comments it actually hurts my soul yep so it's nice to just have like a safe place to talk to our uh fans people who watch the show yep. more than once and support us for as little as a buck a month i really appreciate everyone who is a patron of the show because again it does make things better we're gonna have a producer who's going to help us line up interviews yeah uh, especially for the investor club i'm so excited about that um and for our other channel disruptive investing um because yeah we've kind of let it slide because we've been so focused on exactly yeah it takes so much work to do so having another team member is going to be huge and it's all because of you guys so thank you so much hopefully we can make this channel even better for you all right we'll see you next week as we always do now you know Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.